0: Welcome to another podcast from Quantifeed. I'm Peter White and today I'm joined by Quantifeed co-founder Alex Ypsilanti and James Verner, Vice President, Digital Strategy and Wealth Management from Franklin Templeton. And today we're looking at the future of digitally delivered financial wealth management services and solutions, be it for millennials, wealthy individuals or retirees, in fact anyone seeking retirement income solutions with a focus on risk management. And we're doing that through the combined lenses of Quantifeed, a leading developer and provider of digital wealth management platforms, and Franklin Templeton, the sixth largest independent wealth management company and part owner of Quantifeed, by virtue of its recent successful acquisition of wealth manager Leg Mason. Our focus in particular is Asia, where Quantifeed is headquartered. Two thirds of middle class globally will be living in Asia by 2030 and total assets of the mass affluent across Asia, the Asia-Pacific region is expected to grow to $37 trillion over the next five years. Welcome, gentlemen, and could I start with you, James, and ask you how Franklin Templeton views the acquisition of a shareholding in the Quantifeed business. Is it tangential to your main business, or is it going to be a critical part of your distribution channel,
1: or both? Thanks, Peter, and, um, and also, firstly, thank you for inviting me on today. In short, Franklin Templeton are incredibly excited by the shareholding and partnership in Quantifeed, and whilst it's a newer part of the Franklin-Templeton business and distribution model, we see it as being front and centre to our future distribution plan. And in fact, interestingly, the digital distribution strategy at like Mason was very similar to the one that being built at uh, Franklin-Templeton at the same time. So really, it was a convergence of the thoughts on how we would leverage Quantifede across the Asia-Pacific and Australian market. So while newer in um, strategy and development than our core active management business, we do see it as being front and center, and by no means tangential to what we do. And I think the, re- the reason for that is, as an organization, Franklin and Templeton are moving from really the mindset of being a product provider to much more one of solution and focusing on customer outcomes. And you don't get very far these days in terms of solutions without digital being part of that mix. And then when we think about the distribution channels, you know, is it part of something that we just focus on next-gen distribution? It's really a matter of augmenting the technology their quantities capabilities with our existing traditional channels, be it consumer banks, platforms, or advice firms, or indeed into new territories, such as the recent announcement we made of partnering with a Singapore-based gaming organization called Razor, And that was all about helping them create a banking and wealth experience for a youth bank which will be Asian in focus initially, but ultimately something that can run on the world stage. So we're very excited about the partnership, very excited about to have the investment uh, of Quantipede inside the Franklin Templeton business.
0: And we see it really core to what we're doing on our distribution efforts. So it's a logical vertical integration for Franklin Templeton and uh, it's business as usual for Quantipede, but maybe turbocharged courtesy of Franklin Templeton's participation.
1: I think that's right to an extent. I think obviously if we stop obviously short of vertical integration and that we don't offer advice, deal with the end client ourselves that's something very much our clients deal with but when you think about product manufacturing the creation of multi-asset solutions and then a digital layer of an experience for the advisor and customer then yes I think in that sense it's really integrating the best of both organizations world-class industrial strength asset management and their leading edge to wealth technology and I think that combination is pretty exciting.
0: Alex if I could bring you in you're based in Asia and you've uh, founded the business Can you briefly give us a background on the experience of Quantifeed so far in your own backyard in Asia?
2: The experience has been great. We uh, started the company just over seven years ago, based in in Hong Kong, but now with offices also in uh, Sydney. Tokyo, Singapore, uh, and India. So it's been a, a growing experience, and as as you pointed out before, the uh, the Leg Mason Stroke Franklin Templeton partnership is indeed uh, turbocharging that growth. I think that the bit that gets us really really excited is the, the the huge growth that we're seeing in the mass affluent segment, and you quoted some some numbers earlier. I think the the only way that the wealth management needs of the mass affluent in Asia can be serviced is really digitally. The existing or incumbent financial institutions obviously have a huge head start on that. They've got very well-developed channels, oftentimes digital channels, particularly if you look at the consumer banks. So to us, that's a huge opportunity in terms of partnering with some of these financial institutions, whether it's banks, uh, brokers, wealth managers, insurance companies, as well as the, the, the potential new entrants, the gaming company that uh, James brought up as an example. In terms of, I guess, specifics, there's, there's a couple of examples that I think are worth bringing up. One is the DigiPortfolio product that we are powering for DBS, Asia's or Southeast Asia's largest bank and one of the most digital banks in the world, in fact. The other good example is Cathay United Bank, a goals-based investing platform in, uh, in Taiwan. Both of these examples rely on Quantifeed's technology, Quantifeed's platform, to power investment journeys for mass affluent and wealthy clients.
0: And what's been the take-up uh, by the customers of your customer, uh, both DBS and Cathay? What's been the uh, reaction at the consumer level to the offering, the digital offering?
2: It's been extremely strong. I can only speak uh, qualitatively uh, on this uh, on this podcast, on this forum. Uh, but even during the the global pandemic, we've seen. Uh, very healthy returns in terms of, uh, obviously, performance, but also in terms of take-up from uh, an assets under management growth, but also in terms of the number of portfolios and the number of customers on the platform. I think what's particularly reassuring is that a large percentage of the customers on both of these platforms are actually first-time investors. These aren't necessarily experienced investors or traders who are used to trading ETFs or funds. These are usually millennials or relatively young people who are investing for the first time. And that's largely on account of the, the sort of relentless focus that both of these organizations have on the customer experience, making the, the customer experience and the investment journeys particularly simple, delightful, and dare I say, relatable
0: that's both most interesting and quite significant, I would have thought, bringing those new customers to the to a, an existing large organization
2: yes, correct. I think that's really what they are uh, looking to do. I think that 's the holy grail for many of uh, uh, these incumbent financial institutions it, it isn't really about selling um, product to to people they've they've been selling product to for many years. It's really about packaging that product into well-formed and relevant solutions for a group of customers that they might have on the consumer banking side, but they're not really servicing very well on the wealth management side. So it's through digital solutions, digital wealth management solutions, that they can convert these relationships into wealth management relationships.
0: Can we turn our focus to Australia for a moment? I mean, it's one of the largest pools of retirement cash in the world, but it does seem to my eye and many others, I think, that robo or digital advice has been very slow to take off in Australia. Would you agree and why is it not taken off like it has, particularly, say, in the US and indeed Asia? James, can I start with you? You're right. It hasn't grown at the rate,
1: perhaps, of other markets that you reference here, US, uh, Europe, or even indeed, uh, indeed here in Asia. One could be left slightly sort of perplexed as to why that's the case, because there's clearly, from what I've seen, there's, a, there's an appetite by the industry to embrace it. We have this advice gap in Australia where a larger and larger number of people can't afford to get access to the advice to me i think one of the sort of inhibitors has been the well documented level of regulatory requirements around the provision of advice whether that's on a holistic basis or otherwise and so the advice framework in australia is is both robust and complex And I think that puts up potentially some barriers to new technologies being adopted. However, uh, as you say, it's a a very well-funded retirement market. A lot of that wealth, obviously, is accumulated through the superannuation systems. And those institutions in, in the supers, be that retail or industry, do seem to be grappling now with how to help their end client deal with the retirement challenges, but also queries around more general wealth accumulation. So I, I think we might begin to see that change. But, but to answer your question, I think the headwinds have been around the regulatory constraints and the impact that has on new technologies, whether they be domestic um, Australian technology or uh, technology brought, brought into the market from elsewhere. So that's kind of, I think, the story so far in terms of how we think about the wealth technology deployment at Franklin and Templeton and at Counterfeed. Our focus, I think, are really around three particular areas, and this is being supported quite a bit by a client intermediary feedback. The first is helping intermediaries provide a, a sort of a, a DIY self-service digital experience to the mass market. So this mass market might be emerging, mass affluent, younger professionals wanting access to financial products, but maybe don't want to pay for the advice that it's full fat full freight level today. It might also be an interesting use case we're looking at at the moment is helping on wealth transfer. So perhaps you might have high net worth clients or the children of high net worth clients wanting to get access to financial products and the advisor looking to provide something to get them into the, the brand of that wealth manager, but they don't yet warrant a full wealth service that perhaps the more senior members of the family require and enjoy. So there's a wealth transfer piece, there's the mass and emerging affluent piece, and then away from the end customer, we're also seeing quite a big demand for advisor tools. So helping clients or or helping intermediaries managing those um, managed accounts, uh, model portfolios, especially when it comes to topics such as post-retirement. And I think it's probably one of the hardest topics that uh, Wealth Technology Platform and Asset Manager are grappling with right now is helping advisors and end consumers understand what does a sustainable income look like in retirement based on a variety of factors, be it longevity, health, attitude, leaving money behind, and crucially, not running out of money in retirement. We've been sort of blending our quantum multi-asset capabilities and the technology from quantum feed to solve problems like that. So, so, so when we think of robo in its most traditional sense, of a answer six questions, go into a model portfolio. We've kind of moved on from that. And I think in a a market such as Australia, where there's a a heavy regulatory environment, we've got to get that absolutely right and then scalable, tackling things like retirement, tackling things like mass affluent or wealth transfer, I think we'll find the deployment of technology there run more quickly than perhaps what we consider to be the first generation of robots. I think Australia may end up
0: leapfrogging straight to second generation second gen or third gen
1: i think that's right and then the last thing which we're quite interested in now is is data aggregation so if you think about open banking and where that's heading i see that as a massive advice opportunity so helping customers get everything together and then begin to have planning around that so you can easily see a world where we've got uh, an individual if you like balance sheet being helped by advisor tools and then played out into problems or challenges in areas such as post-retirement. So, I think it may just it, it may just leapfrog into the next gen, and uh,
0: that's where we where we at Franklin and Templeton and Quantvita are, are
1: putting our focus.
0: How do you think advisors view robo or digital platformed advice? Do you think some see it as a threat to their face-to-face business? And Some don't understand that maybe it's making a bigger pie, not a different pie.
1: I could have drunk too much of my own Kool-Aid on this, but I, I think we've moved on from that fear factor. I do think that if there was a general sort of view, I think advisors are very open to embracing it because they see that there's an opportunity to service clients in a sort of a hybrid way. So part digital, part physical depending on what the client's looking to achieve at any given point. And if you can serve up a digital light touch approach to the, the younger or the, the sort of, uh, mass affluent market, yeah, that's a great way of nurturing future of a, a higher net worth clients for the practice. So I, I think there is an openness to it now that perhaps maybe five years ago we wouldn't have been talking about. And I think a lot of advice firms are just grappling with how to leverage it to, to, work, to work for their
0: own business. I guess the other thing is that there's no one big player who's adopted it really with full force and one suspects that or uh, that should that happen then others will follow. I'm
1: sure that's right. There's nothing like um someone leading the way as a trailblazer and then creating that sort of hellig reason to adopt something yourself.
0: Yeah, Alex what about from the Quantifeed point of view? I'd be interested in your observations on the Australian market and your Australian experience today.
2: As we pointed out before the Australian market does lack Uh, A little bit of urgency uh, in terms of robo and perhaps more broadly in terms of digitizing wealth management. But I guess, as James pointed out, once the uh, regulatory dust settles, I think there will definitely be a change. Already we are speaking to a number of institutions that are looking to digitize part of the wealth management journey I think what's really interesting to us is technology and tools for advisors, perhaps more than 100% pure D2C offering, uh, at least in the short term. I think the hybrid proposition is really interesting from a traction point of view. Could you put
0: some meat on that hybrid proposition bone, if, as it were?
2: Yeah, absolutely. The hybrid, I think, is really interesting because it... it the journey, the investment journey might start with the advisor, so customer and advisor sitting side by side, um, exploring and interacting, for example, with the a retirement income solution, as, as James hinted at before. And I think people who are perhaps more seasoned from an age perspective do need the the comfort and the confidence that an advisor can bring quite literally to the table. Perhaps they're not as digitally savvy. And I think certainly when you come to the topic of retirement, there's a lot of emotion there where a purely digital solution isn't really going to fulfill. So I think people of that age and people who are looking for retirement income solutions do need an advisor, especially at the start of the journey. But if that proposition can then dovetail into a something more digital or perhaps low-touch, where the customer can then review and approve proposals or actually implement their monthly or annual withdrawals purely digitally without necessarily meeting the advisor, aside from perhaps an annual review of the solution, I think that creates a really powerful proposition. And that's really what I mean by hybrid. It's a combination of a, a direct to customer uh, application as well as
0: a, an advisor led customer journey. Are you seeing this hybrid model evolve in other jurisdictions?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, as James alluded to a little while ago, certainly when we started the journey and even up to five years ago, it was pure direct to customer without really involving advisors very much. And I think the industry and obviously the the Quantifeed and Franklin Templeton thinking has also evolved to now support advisors and again, not, not just tools for advisors alone, but a holistic platform that allows advisors as well as their customers to interact. And again, certain wealth segments will require a high-touch relationship and certainly warrant a high-touch relationship with perhaps some digital touch points. But there are other wealth segments perhaps further down the wealth pyramid, if you like, where an advisor might be able to provide high-touch solutions, but not as often as wealthier segments. So I think this hybrid proposition can support both approaches. Do
0: you have any thoughts on the concept of the two major brands working together? I think you know there's the celebrated ones of Nike and Apple, and there's quite a few others. Is that something that encourages you to have two big brands working together rather than one?
2: Oh, I'm very glad you think of Pontefeed as a big brand, <laughs> but I'll take the compliment. Uh, yeah, we're we're extremely excited with uh, with the two brands coming together, Pontefeed and, and Franklin Templeton. We see uh, a huge opportunity in terms of co-selling together. We certainly welcome the Franklin brand name, particularly in the retail space. I think the other opportunity for us is the idea that you know in, any sort of digital proposition isn't just technology and isn't just the investment product and the portfolios. The two need to work seamlessly together yeah. to make a successful proposition. You know that, that's one of the most attractive ideas behind working with Franklin is that that they. Their team, the the multi-asset team, can develop investment solutions that are perfectly compatible with the the technology that Quantifeed offers and we can go and offer a combined
0: proposition uh, to a number of different institutions in the region. Obviously, the investment solutions through Quantifeed would not be exclusive, obviously, to Franklin Templeton, but you'd work with many providers, I would imagine.
2: Correct. In fact, both organisations take very much a, an open architecture approach, both in terms of technology and investment product, whether that's model portfolios or, in fact, the underlying securities funds or ETFs that constitute those portfolios.
0: Would you be willing to consult your crystal okay. ball? What sort of uh, market penetration would you think digital or robo would have in Australia in, say, five or ten years' time?
2: Well, I would actually go as far as saying that every successful uh, distributor of wealth management services will have a strong digital offering it may not be a hundred percent digitally enabled but certainly a big chunk of the, the customer journeys that are on offer will be digital will be on a
0: digital platform gentlemen thanks for your time today and good luck with the digital platform building business
2: thank you peter